0: Welcome to Behind the Design, where we journey through the creative industry. I'm Rogan Janssen, co-founder and creative director of Dash Digital. Today we're excited to introduce Isabel Maranta, an award-winning creative and associate design director at MediaMonks. Known for her powerful and conceptually rich designs, she brings a unique perspective to the creative landscape. Get ready to join us on a journey through her experiences in design and everything that unfolds along the way. Hi, Isabel. How's it going?
1: Good. Um, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to see you again. And thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Design today.
1: Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here.
0: I think there's a congratulations in order as well on your new position at MediaMonks. So well done.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's all, um, almost been two months um, and it's been great. Yeah, it, like crazy how time flies and, and yeah. Team is wonderful. Like I'm working on a cool project, so I can't complain.
0: Nice. So you're settled. How was the how was the transition from locomotive to media monks?
1: Huh, it was it was good. Um, I have good friends at locomotive. It was very special because I joined locomotive um, as my first agency because before that I was a freelance, and I don't know like. The day I just said that I was leaving, I cried so much. <laughs> that was the sad part, like leaving locomotive, because it's always going to be like my my best, I don't know, memory in design, I guess, like joining locomotive. But uh, the transition, it's been super nice. Like, I love everything. I feel like it's been a right move and meeting a lot of new people. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, I feel very, very lucky.
0: Yeah, I think um, as long as you don't burn bridges, I think it's always great. And when you start a new agency, you make new friends, make new connections, make new network. It's always quite a great thing. I think it's just really difficult to stay in one place for very long because I think for growth as well, it always helps when you're kind of evolving, moving into different positions or kind of working with new teams under new conditions and new projects. So it's difficult, but I think it's really good for personal growth.
1: Totally. And especially, like, um, going back to the locomotive, like, it was it was special because I moved to Montreal um, to be close to the team. So, um, it's a special because I feel like these days, it's an exception that we, we were all from uh, Montreal and we all went to the office. But um, in terms of, like, growth, I agree with you, like, in a small agency, like, growth, it's not that easy. So, I feel like when I got the opportunity to join uh, Media Monks, I was like, wow, yeah, that's that's a nice opportunity, like in, in terms of like a new role and stepping up like into the director level. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, change is in- inevitable. So um, very happy about that.
0: Sure. And you mentioned it was Locomotive was your first agency.
1: Yeah, crazy. Like uh, mm. two years ago, <laughs> three years ago, almost. Um, recently launched my portfolio back then, and, um, I remember I was posting online just, just because, because, uh, I remember I had a, an IG that I never used. And I was like, why if I start posting and I got some attention and I started chatting with the creative director at locomotive and he was very interested in my work and, and everything happened. Um, but yeah.
0: I yeah. wanted to talk a little bit about your past, because I think transitioning from a background in English studies and North American literature to a self-taught designer um, now holding the position as associate design director at MediaBanks is a fairly unique career path, one could say. Um, maybe mm-hmm. you could highlight some of the challenges you have faced during this transition.
1: I yeah I don't have a background on, um, in design. I studied English, as you said, uh, English studies. And I moved to the States 2013, just to like, continue my career and learn about American culture and language. But then one thing and another happened. And I I ended up like moving to, to the West of Canada also for, for my work as a teacher, uh, by the way, yeah, I was a teacher and, and during the pandemic, I remember like seeing myself and my partner, like. Wow, well, it was a transition moment for everyone. But I remember I was there in in Calgary thinking, what do I do with my life? Because I traveled, um, I worked in different countries, even before the States and Canada. And I was like, what do I do? So I remember um, we were working remote because of the pandemic. I started teaching remote. So that was something new for me. I was like, wow, there is a life outside a classroom. So that really, that was something that I really liked a part of many, many things that I've always been interested in design. My partner is a designer. So I was always like, yeah, I studied English, but I could have studied design and I would have been very, very happy. But, uh, you know, like choices. And i remember i was like what if i try so um i started like learning i registered into a boot camp it was like basics and to learn the tools and a bit of ux ui so i did that very fast i met some interesting people um, through that and and yeah i just started posting it became an addiction and i, I in my free time during my time that i was teaching I was creating concepts and I was like, wow, I really like this. So I, it just happened.
0: How long was the boot camp? Six months. <laughs> okay. So it's a, good, it's a good stint. It wasn't like a quick two-week, three-week course.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was that and also like some online courses because these days you can find everything online. And I had the time and I had the passion, you know. I think I always hear my partner explaining the story to other people and and he he goes like she was obsessed she woke up at six and she was in front of the computer it, it was like that yeah it was a lot of work
0: yeah but i suppose you got put in by passion yeah do you think do you think your background in literature has affected the way in which you kind of design projects now
1: yeah i think there is something special about it now that you mention it because Like, I think what I do is I always have that English studies in my mind. So whenever I approach a concept, let's say a concept on on IG, something that is not um, like work, like real work, let's say, I think I I try to find a storytelling. Like I go back to what's the theme? What's the main subject? Like what's like these uh, symbol that I can use? and i think like my at least that's what i try or like that's what keeps me going i try to find like that storytelling or that emotional connection with something i create that i would find in a poem for example because even though i i am a designer i still like i I love languages and i still read a lot and i have a lot of connection with things that i studied during my career or i taught in high school when i when i was a teacher so yeah, I think there is a connection.
0: Yeah, I think it's really nice to have a deep rooted concept in all your work as well, because it gives you a lot of... Um, what would the word be? For us, I always say there's a lot of legs then. It helps with like all the decision making later on. It helps tie in your concept later on. I think um, that kind of process is, is essential for, for improved and better design.
1: Totally. Mm. Like, it's what gives me going when I design concepts, actually, because if you think... I know there are like a lot of talented designers and they're like more skillful than I am in terms of like layouts and, and, and things like that. But I think what I do personally in my explorations is like, I try to find a connection, like a deeper connection with something that I create. Sometimes it's not that good because maybe I forget a bit more about function, but I think what, what makes, uh, what I do special for me.
0: How much time are you getting at the moment to do, like, self-initiated concept work, having a full-time job at Media Monks?
1: Wow, not a lot. <laughs> These this first two months, it's been a bit um, crazy with the onboarding, and we have a very big project uh, that I'm happy to be part of, so I don't have a lot of time, but it will We'll go back to normal soon. But um, the truth is, like, I think I, I try to make time because... I find, I remember like when I started, that's going back a bit, but when I started Locomotive, I was like, what do I do with the posters? I remember I even asked permission, like, do I, can I just post, can I still post? Like, that was me. So uh, they were like, of course, like you do you, and and this is like your stuff, and because I felt like I was doing something apart from, from being outside, like being in a team, you know, and um, the truth is that kept me going, and I was like, I should not stop because, you know, like uh, what happens with change and everything. I feel like what's mine, fully mine, it's what I build with. uh, I mean, it's not a lot, but for me, it means a lot like that platform that I have or those concepts that I even don't post because I have a lot of uh, explorations even on my personal Figma. But um, yeah, going back to your, your question, it's like I try to make time especially like if it's like a, a rainy Sunday that we don't know what to do, I grab the computer because it's fun. It's not an obligation. I think it's it's something nice to do for me and I want to keep keep doing.
0: Yeah, I feel the same. I feel the same with concept work. It's um It's not a chore. It's always something that you want to do. Like I'm happy to sit up late in the evenings to do something if I've got an idea and I want to test it out. It never feels... It never feels forced and I enjoy doing it while I'm doing it. And I I enjoy the time where we don't have client constraints or briefs that you have to kind of adhere to. And you mentioned earlier, like functionality issues that you need to kind of stick to or principles. So those concept works is really where the, the inspiration and, you know, the creativity is, is really nice and you can sit with it for quite a while.
1: Totally. I totally agree.
0: Do you have a typical design process Um, from start to, let's say, maybe you could walk us through a design process from your initial concept to final execution for, let's say, for a client job.
1: So for a client job, what we normally do or I do, Um, of, of course, it depends on, on the team, because obviously it's not you alone. But um, my ideal process would be, of course, having the brave and reading, reading it like, studying it and kind of understanding it but I think there is some something magic about uh, especially me that I think I'm more a people person I think there is something magic about um, going into the meeting with the client the first meeting and listening to them like that connection with the client really helps me I kind of read people easily so I think I kind of see some cues that will guide me. Oh, I, I, I think that person would like that. Or so I think there is something nice about that and letting them um, speak. We also do that first art direction uh, presentation. So it's where uh, I, I feel like it's my favorite part. So after gathering that information, we put together um, some exploration. So I always show references, of course. And it depends on the project. You can go like different directions or one direction. And then based on what I think they're going to like, I start exploring like poster, like, like mostly like what I do with my concepts, nothing like very UI or like, or a scroll on a page. It's just more like bits and pieces. And maybe I do like left and right and, and see where they land. And after that, I think that first meeting of exploration and art direction gives us a lot of uh, insights and then we can explore more um, in advance, something more final for the next one. So I think there's always like the art direction, more like test the waters kind of meeting. And then after that, there is the the more like layout exploration with real function and, and content.
0: So that first meeting is kind of like a mood board and a stylescapes or style tiles together.
1: Yeah, that, that art direction, um, it depends how big the project is. But normally we start, uh, personally, I start with um, a lot of visuals. So I think what I see sometimes in, in different ways of working, that it's a bit different from mine. It's like some people tend to think that, oh, we need to explain everything to the client. Like, like a lot of like strategy and a lot of UX, my respect to everything, because everything's important. But I think sometimes the client in the first meeting, especially, they just want to see things. They want to they wanna, they wanna see that uh, something has been done or like, oh, I want to see something visual, because in the end, that side is something visual. It's not only strategy. I think we can explain the strategy through the visuals. So for me, that, that works and that makes sense. Maybe because I'm on the, on the side of being the visual designer. I guess like if you ask an a strategist will tell you like, oh, the strategy is most important. But me personally, when it's my turn, I prefer to show something more visual and then talk over it, like voice over it.
0: Do you enjoy presenting your ideas? Or are you one of the designers that don't particularly like to present?
1: I love presenting. Um, I feel, of course, we, we all have our days. I don't know if you agree with that, but sometimes I'm like in a presentation, I'm like, wow, everything was so fluid and I felt so comfortable and so powerful. And some days I'm like, wow, uh, you know, like something goes wrong and then you kind of like start, start feeling small. That happens to all of us. But as a general rule, I think I I love presenting. It comes back to the skills I gain being a teacher. So um, I I like it. I I like the relationship with with people. And that moment is important. I feel like sometimes I've done work and I haven't presented, for example, even at Locomotive or right now, because maybe there is a creative director who's going to present your work. I feel like... We should let people who um, do the work present because there is something special about it, even though like we have, I don't know, imagine a designer who's a bit shy. I think we need to uh, encourage them to present their own work because there's something cool about like that ownership.
0: Yeah, and I think it's the it's that designer's brainchild as well. So we did it in the studio. We had a designer who, when she started with us, hated to present, like hated it. Um she was just too shy and, and she held her designs too close and any kind of feedback it would most probably she felt like it would hurt her feelings. But we pushed. Like we kept saying you present in your work, you present in your work. And then naturally you progress into a little bit more of a comfort zone where you don't mind presenting and you realize your ideas, you know, they're not necessarily If someone doesn't like them, it shouldn't hurt your feelings. It just means, okay, cool, you need to tweak and change them and stuff. So I'm a big believer in that. I think people should be presenting their own work. And when they're shy about it, we did it in college. They used to do this thing that they made us present every week, like continuously in front of the whole in in front of the whole school. And the people who hated presenting by the end of the three or four years, whatever it was, of course, you're going to get more comfortable. So if you're always shy from it, you're never going to want to do it.
1: Exactly. I think it's a practice. Yeah. And feeling comfortable. Yeah, it's, it's the secret.
0: Do you have any one project that stands out as a turning point in your career?
1: Yeah, that needs to be, uh, I think I'm pretty clear with that one. It needs to be my portfolio. There was something very special and emotive about it because as I said, like if we recap, I launched that portfolio almost three years ago. But the fun part was like, if we recap on that story, I did the boot camp, and I was asking people, so what do I do? Uh, what do I do next? Like if I want to, if I want to try to, to get a job or what do I do apart from the Instagram, which worked really well, they were like, build a portfolio. And I was like, how do I build a portfolio if I don't have any work? So people were like, yeah, like people do like more cases studies. So you can try that. And the fun part was that I built a portfolio in four months and not only the portfolio, but also the work in the portfolio. So I didn't have any, any clients. I had one, but I, I mean, at the same time, a freelance project, but it didn't, it hadn't finished. I worked on those four case studies plus the portfolio in a, in a very limited amount of time, but it was very, very nice because. I collaborated with um, Luis Enrique Vizarro. I don't know if you know him, like he was this top developer. So I just knocked on on his door and and he was like, yeah, I think he was very ambitious on on like launching a lot of projects that year because he had that goal of being this amazing he is. He 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 actually achieved the goal and launched a lot of projects on awards and Without his help, I wouldn't have been able to do it because obviously development is as important as design. So he helped me with that and I was very, very lucky. So I think it just happened. Like it was surreal because what are the odds that he accepts doing a portfolio of mine who I am not even a designer yet. So that's why like, sometimes I'm like, wow, it was surreal. It was meant to happen.
0: It was a great site, though, as well. I do remember the site. And we've had a conversation prior to this conversation where I mentioned to you that I think that it, that site was something I really loved. I think the one thing that keeps coming back into my memory when I think back to it was your preloader and page transition. It was something that I remember watching a few times going, oh, that's really thoughtful. It's like curated. It's really kind of just it's smooth. So for a first site, <laughs> it was a really good site. Well done.
1: Thank you. It's funny. It makes me laugh when you when you mentioned the preloader because it was a moment that I was like, "Luis, that's not it." And I was like, I had that idea in my mind, and he was not nailing it. And he was like, "Okay, I think I'm gonna send you a Lottie, um <laughs> like um, app, and you just do it and you send it to me, or you do it on on Photoshop or something." Like he was getting like nervous because, um, but I, I was very 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 attached to that transition.
0: What was that process like working with a developer for your, that would have been your first time, right?
1: Yeah, it was my first time. I don't know. I feel, um, with my own words, because that's something else. Like I feel um, I was learning at that time, but obviously like sometimes I hear people with 15 years of experience and maybe that's you and you have a lot another level of vocab like the way you explain transitions and technicalities like me at that time i was like i was explaining it but my own way i mean it worked but maybe i didn't have the level of um yeah the technical level like a designer with experience would have but i still like i managed very well like he was telling me like i love working with you and i think I just found my own way to explain things. Now I've improved and I have, of course, gained a lot of experience, especially when you work at an agency. It's like you you have no other way that just adapt and learn fast. But yeah, you can imagine like it's you need some level of experience to to brief a developer.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's why I asked because for your first project to get something of like a high-end product, in end product like that is, is really impressive because most people... You know, there is a, the the relationship between a designer and a developer is so important. Um, they need to be in sync. They need to understand each other. They need to make sure that they're working from the same hymn sheet. So so often, yeah. we often, when we work with first-time developers, yeah. we need to kind of have quite a few internal or pre-meetings to decide, like, okay, cool, which process? How are we going to run these projects? Who does what? Yeah. How do you like us to create motions for you? Do you want us to create motions for you? Do you want to take initiative on that? So... It is always, it's a learning curve for every developer you work with. But I was, I was just curious to see how that process actually was for you.
1: Yeah, it went nice and we're actually good friends. So as, as I said, it's my special project because, yeah, it meant a change in my career.
0: So you obviously are pretty much fluent in Spanish, English and French coming out of Montreal as well.
1: Yeah, and Catalan.
0: Oh, wow. It's very impressive. <laughs> I speak one know? language.
1: <laughs> you speak one language?
0: I speak two, but I, I can't yes. say I'm fluent in the second language. In South Africa, we've got a language we had to learn in school, which is called Afrikaans, which is oh. it's pretty much like Dutch. But the Dutch people, um, they don't really think it's very similar, but it's the closest thing I could say to Dutch. Uh, to Dutch yeah. <laughs> But um wow. I don't have a language brain. It's just something that just doesn't click with me. A question that I often want to know from designers, because I think so many of us are or so many designers or people in this field are working quite a lot of crazy hours and it's it's either through deadlines or passion or whichever it is. But how do you then maintain a healthy work-life balance? Wow, well,
1: yeah, that's a, a tricky one. I try. Um Lately, as I told you, it's been crazy, but I still manage to, to go outside a lot. I want to start with my two dogs, um, who I love. I have two French bulldogs and no matter if you want or not, you need to go out. So we normally go out in the morning, noon and at night. And to be honest with you, I thought that would be a curse when I got my first dog three years ago, but I personally love it. If it's good for the dog, it's good for you, Right. We normally go out, I say we, with my partner. I also um, do a lot of stuff. Like my friends always tell me that I do a lot. I am very active. My perspective is like I could do way more, but I try to to go to a lot of events, uh, concerts. Um, in Montreal, where we're lucky because there is a lot going on. And try new restaurants, and I force myself to do stuff like um, I go to spin classes, I work out, things like
0: that. And you mentioned music um, and and concert. Is that quite a big part of you, your and your partner's life?
1: Yeah, yeah. We try to to go to everything that we like. Um, I remember in the West when when I was in Calgary, the city was great, but the the music scene. Um, was not that, that great, but here in Montreal, like, I feel like you can go to a concert every, I mean, a nice concert every month. So I think that makes a difference. And restaurants, you could never stop exploring restaurants in Montreal.
0: One thing I would love to know, and this is like maybe shining a light on some other kind of designers at the moment. So are there any designers or studios or freelancers at the moment to really inspire you?
1: Yes difficult question because there are many but i'm going to go with two studios that i like from spain because i'm spanish uh not because i'm spanish but i kind of like the fact that they're spanish too one is querida um i think a lot of people are talking about about them right now i i had a a listen to joe's interview your first interview with the series and i think he actually mentioned them But they're actually super nice. Like it's Querida from Barcelona. So what I like is they're very editorial and very messy, very experimental. And the photography they use, I don't know if it's because they do explorations, but, or they kind of get these amazing clients with this amazing photography, but everything they do, it's, it's lovely. I I love them. And, and they're very unique. I kind of like designers who... Who grab a style and they don't try to copy because, like, I feel people will criticize like, "Oh, that doesn't have a function or where's the UI that's not applicable on web." But who cares? Like, if you find a style that you like and people come to you for that, that's that's amazing. I kind of like value that a lot. And the second one would be Naranjo Echeverria. That's a difficult name. They are from (laughs) Madrid. Also, they do a lot of fashion. Uh, check them out because they're they're wonderful. They do very similar to Querida, but a bit more formal. They do um, fashion brands, and they're very editorial. And everything they do, it's neat, it's special, it, it feels theirs. So I also appreciate them a lot.
0: Um, I think for me, Isabel. I mean, I would love to know if you want to ask any questions or have anything to say because I. I I'm loving this conversation, but if there's anything that you would want to bring to the forefront of this chat?
1: No, I just, I think I want to thank you for having me. Um, as always, I take it as a personal challenge. I tend to think, oh no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be exposed because it's um, still shy inside. But um, I appreciate the invite because it forces me to do things that I, I don't feel comfortable doing. So I just like be feeling uncomfortable so that, uh, I don't know, I grow and it makes me stronger as a person. And I want to thank you for that.
0: No, sure. It was lovely to sit and chat with you. I think um, obviously this conversation steered a few different ways, but I thought it was really interesting and I really enjoyed it. And again, I always say thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us. We really do appreciate it.
1: No, thank you. Thank you so much for the invite again.
0: Sure. Well, I hope you have a lovely day and we'll chat soon.
1: Yeah, chat soon. Thank you.
0: And that concludes an exciting episode of Behind the Design. If you're eager to delve deeper into the world of digital design and catch up on our conversations with inspiring creatives, just search for Behind the Design on your favorite podcast platform. For a closer look at today's content, including artwork and relevant links, visit our website at dashdigital.studio forward slash behind the design. Keep an eye on future episodes by following us on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Rogan Janssen, and I look forward to catching up with you soon for more insightful conversations with creative industry founders, artists, and thought-provoking individuals.